This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Aaron, Joey, and I talk about what we're watching. Calm down. Calm down. This is what a Joey sounds like on this pod now. No, it doesn't. I can't do it. That was good. No. You know, I should be embarrassed, which I am a little bit, but I'm also a little proud of just making bad puns, you know, like every time. Anyways, that's what a Joey sounds like. Um, um, I didn't just come here to pod, to pod here with, no, this is what Aaron sounds like, Carly Ray Jepsen style. I'm, I listened to her all, I'm, uh, I listened to her all morning. It worked. Uh, and, and this is what an executive producer and Selena Gomez, Jess Vander sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. That's a pretty good Selena Gomez, Jess. That's, that's a good impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I have housekeeping. I know every week we say, like, maybe we have some, we don't. Um, I'm literally going under construction in my house. So if you hear um, lots of loud noises, I'm having doors installed on the other side of this wall. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry about it. Doors. We. Doors. We all need doors. Indeed. Also, another point of housekeeping, you may recall we recently had a conversation about centaurs, Joey bringing up the AI universe of potential collaboration between human and computer. And I can just plug for him that he recently wrote a newsletter email. What is a single newsletter Mm. email called? What is the single unit a newslet. A newslet. Yeah. A newslet. I like it. A newslet. So Joey, Joey wrote a newslet, um, maybe off the back of that conversation. I don't actually know which came first, but in case you're interested to learn more, I think he did a great job. And the uh, illustrations between our designer, Harmand, and uh, the centaur assist from Midjourney are pretty excellent. So even if you don't want to read it, because I get it, you could also look at you the cool should- pics we'll put the link in the show notes you should look at it if you read zero words just scroll down to the picture of the hedgehog because god the hedgehog is it yeah (laughs) it it makes me so it makes me unreasonably happy i'm like i'm like (laughs) deeply happy inside right now thinking about even just thinking about the hedgehog the hedgehog office worker yeah yes Yes, yeah. and the little the bag of like whatever that is, great like tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. Like, why is that? So is that cute. his work snack? He has yeah, like a sweater vest on. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Uh, and and kudos, good writing, good stuff. And just to clarify, so you are currently listening to this at our podcast, Critical Nonsense, which is findable at thisisnonsense.com, but. That is the progress report newsletter, and you can find that on the Sylvain website or at getprogress.com. Correct me? What? I'm... Oh, God. We don't know our... We haven't done our... our uh, it's been a while. Hygiene. It has it's been, been a, while. a while. That is not the URL, so I'm going to find it, and then I'll tell you in corrections... Progress, by, progress by Sylvain? Yes. That is correct it's progress by sylvain.co and great plug guys lost, great plug you know just just yeah just like look at the show notes and then sorry okay cool our house is clean 
Yes, our house is yet clean. Somehow messier than when we walked into it. I love it. I know something I about it. that with the hedgehogs and whatnot. Joey. Yes. Yes, Jessica. Um, so we had a, trying to land a topic. We all had ideas about things that we've been watching recently of different conversations about a satire. Ooh. You know, we're just a couple of Oscar Wildes over and here. And by that, he means satire. <laughs> satire, satire and cocaine. Uh, <laughs> the chicane. Mm. Uh, and absurdism and these different things. And what we decided was actually, let's just talk about what we're watching and why we're watching it right now. And we may be able to hit on some of these ideas embedded within uh, why we're watching things. And so my question to you all is, what are you watching right now and why? Mm. May I answer this question first? Yes. And may I give Please. two answers? Because I've got two answers. Please. Yay. Okay. So I am approximately seven light years behind everybody else. So one of the things that I'm watching is Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. And I am season two with Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Topical. 100%. I am so behind in the fact that it is fantastic. And the reason that I love it and the reason that I'm obsessed with it, I think, is because it, it rides the line between it is my favorite type of self-awareness, I think, in terms of like content itself. So in some ways, it's making fun of or it's a send up of like podcast culture and specifically like um uh, uh, murder, murder storytelling, like serial and all of these true crime documentaries and podcasts and content and how people relate to it. But then it's very much as well a, a send up of like New York, which is very healing and very familiar and feels very good. It takes place in the Arconia, which is an actual building on the Upper West Side, just a couple blocks below where I used to live. And um, the watching it feeds both the sort of like yes that is the way that people who talk about true crime talk about true crime <laughs> while also playing out a really fun true crime drama with brilliant comedic guest stars that are so good and um and I'm kind of obsessed with it and and to be honest I have like a lot of questions and struggles with maybe why I don't think it is as big as I believe it should be. Like it is, it is very, it is exactly the type of show that I always want to watch regardless of the mood that I am in because it taps mm. every like motivation for like, Ooh, it's a little bit mind fuzzy. Oh, it's funny. Oh, it's a little bit serious. Like it's, it's just, it's a great, really, it's a crowd pleaser. It's a very strong crowd pleaser. Marty Short. What's the other guy? Oh my God. How am I forgetting? King Tut, SNL. Help Steve me out. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Martin. Thank you. The the Martin. The, the, the creator of the potato rolls. This um, is true. This is fun true. Fun fact. <laughs> so I'm throwing that one away. That's the one thing that I'm that I'm watching. <laughs> I broke Jess. He's not. The yeah, yeah. Do you wanna do it? Yeah, do we wanna unpack that one at all? No, no, we don't. <laughs> But the other thing that I'm it's watching is satire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other Incredible. thing that I'm watching 
uh, is as incorrigible as our one and only Joseph K. Meyer, which is I think I'm basically revining on YouTube right now. So I'm spending a revining lot. as in of the vine era. So a potato flew around my room. <laughs> <didn't>. <laughs> I do know the song. Um, Catch in us what up. I'm. What yeah, so what I, what had happened was is that at some <laughs> what point, happened was so I had been Don't watching wait. a lot of SpongeBob, a lot of SpongeBob on YouTube on um oh. uh, Amazon Prime. It's you know it's a very good yeah. Friday and Saturday night late night uh easy watch. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so clearly the algorithm is on YouTube is seeing that I'm watching a shit ton of SpongeBob every Friday and Saturday night, and so it starts feeding me like 15 second spongebob clips and i'm getting 15 seconds of spongebob 15 seconds of the simpsons and it's these like individual micro jokes that are so out of context and i'm getting them from malcolm in the middle and so i'm not looking at old vine clips or old clips that were on vine but i'm looking at extremely short snippets of mass media and just rabbit holing the hell out of them and I'm enjoying every. I also like dumb five joke. milligrams of easy list or easy watching. It's I'm microdosing um, content from 15 years ago. That's Whoa. basically what I'm doing, and it's so much fun. Part of it, I think, too, that makes it fun is that, like, of course, it's kind of like being on your phone, but it's on a big screen. So it's just for me, it's great. I got bad eyesight, old. And then the other thing that's really great is that a lot of these little jokes are. I don't know. A lot of the shows that it's feeding me are they're masterpieces when it comes to just like sitcom format of like setup, punchline, landed. Like really dumb, really, really small. And when you see them in these little abstractions and you remember that, oh yeah, this was like a 30 minute episode of something. You really, I have walked away with such a greater appreciation for just amazing joke density really really good writing and crafting of comedy and spongebob is a bomb i can't lie that show first like seven seasons or so it's funny like it it carried the torch of ren and stimpy in some capacity without being as off-putting as ren and stimpy i don't know what you're talking about this is big, right? Because uh, what's his face? Uh, now I've got to get my names right. Steven Hillebrand, uh, the creator of SpongeBob. Let's just get names right, people. Uh, oh, I'm really fast at Googling when a microphone is in my way. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, Steven Hillenberg. I was close. So Steven Hillenberg used to work on Rocco's Modern Life before he actually went on to create um, uh, uh, SpongeBob. And he talked a lot about his inspiration from John Crickfalusi over when he was creating Ren and Stimpy. You cannot say John K's name without underscoring. He is a terrible, horrible human being. So, like, for any animation nerds that are out there or, like, people who know, I just want to, like, call out. He's, he did really terrible, terrible things. So, like, you cannot, you cannot speak about his art without talking about John K being a, a real human dirtbag. But... One of his philosophies when it Different came to Different from a his teenage work, dirtbag. Baby. Um, is one of the things that's different. I'm always there with you, Joe. <laughs> I'm right beside so you So ready. The time. That was one of the fastest 
the fastest <laughs> recognition. <laughs> Always be there with show. you. Indeed. Um, there's <laughs> Yes. There's a principle that he had, that John Kay had, which is to make every frame a work of art. And that's why he made those really, really grotesque close-ups on Ren and Stimpy. Because he yeah. wanted you to not be able as an animator to reuse any cell. And even he got that from like the Tex Avery cartoons of the past where like every animation, every character movement should be something that is expressive and really worth paying attention to. But the, the that coincidence of all that like zoom in, like those gross out moments of SpongeBob, like being dried and desiccated and like, yeah, that was because he too believed very much Steven Hellenberg that like that's what makes SpongeBob an amazing character. And my last thing that I will say about this, because you opened up a little bit of a, a bucket here, Joey. <laughs> opened up an Joey, air bucket. What? That's um you can look at with any show, you can see how over time the like character forms as with animated shows, how the character forms get so much more standardized. And there's a lot of great breakdowns of when you look at SpongeBob in the earlier days when they were doing so much more um, hand-drawn animation and they were only starting to incorporate computer into what they were doing. Mm -hmm. SpongeBob as a character is so much more elastic and like Mm -hmm. squat and weird. Like he is more SpongeBob-y in the way that my mind remembers and then when you look later in the series, you see literally how his character form becomes much more structured and blocky in order to make him more repetitive. And you can see Steven Hillenberg walking a little bit away from the show and giving over creative control to more people. So mm. all that being said, uh, weird work does take a lot of work and it's cool and amazing and we should all keep doing it. That's what I love about my 15 second revinings right now. Yeah. Aaron, there was one thing that I wanted to tell you, which is um, I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. <laughs> He's been holding oh that one <laughs> right the here. whole He's time. Like, yeah, the and I, I, I take it with open arms, or w- one might even say with arms Ooh. wide open. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> we both we we yeah we, yeah. Back. How did we creed and uh, Weezer each other? Like that's like there must it's be Weedus. That's Weedus. Oh, that is Weedus. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry uh, for all the Weezer fans. I'm so Weetus. sorry. Uh, Weedus. 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 The famous Scottish band Weedus. They got a bagpipe. Sorry, listeners. We just had a moment there. We did, we did. So that's um, all I got. Jess, what are should you go next? Yeah. What are you what are you watching? What's and and what do you love it so much? You uh you may have known this because many many months ago I had mentioned that I was embarking on my journey to watch also a zillion years behind. Uh, the oeuvre <laughs> that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Start your and, engines. And I have to say, it has occupied this very unusual new relationship with TV where mm. I normally consider, I've also been thinking a lot about TV for, for work recently, but I consider myself somebody who largely associates 
TV as like a chance to have something to watch with other people. But RuPaul's Drag Race is for me. Mm-hmm. And I watch mm-hmm. it because it offers this endless font mm-hmm. of inspiration. And mm-hmm. that would you say that you're because your I'm wig peeled back? <laughs> uh, that is Snatched. just not what you would say, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I had to I translate it then into. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's just. Uh, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. Okay. I mean, well. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like there's just also something that is exciting for me because there I'm because I'm so behind that there is so much to catch up on. And uh, that coupled with the fact that yesterday, because the internet sees me, uh, it served me an, an ad of RuPaul's masterclass. Yes. And he was giving uh, a few tips of like, here are things that you should know. And I was like, wait a minute. I, already know what's in this masterclass because I have watched God knows how many hours of RuPaul's Drag Race and in it you are learning these sort of like ways of being lessons uh, for success for um, you know owning your uniqueness nerve and talent (laughs) it's just there is just so much um that i am getting from this show and it's just like you know get out the way if i am if i'm watching i I need not share it anyway and and aaron has been telling us that we all should be talking more about this show for so long so it's it's really about time that i get myself together trevor and i workshopped a new drag name for him yesterday which is Zaddy long legs. <laughs> that's more. That's more of a drag king name. That's more of a drag king name. But I love it. It is still. It's very good. It's very. Just to be the arbiter, you know, because I clearly can judge everything. Right. Um, right. But so you know, just I'm curious. So I, there are like three things from Drag Race that I believe are like things that Rue's been talking about them since 1982. Like literally you can go back to like the VH1 show that Rue did. You can do it. You can see her on stage when she was in the punk band, like back in the eighties. Yeah. There's old like VHS tapes of her doing it. But yeah, the three things are, and this is paraphrasing. One is be very aware of your inner saboteur. Like the notion yes. that we are the only people that are in our own way. And that when that, like inner voice gets out of control, we are screwing ourselves. So powerful, so important, and amazing for unlocking us all moving forward. Um, second notion, so radical, so right, so consistent. We're all born naked and the rest is drag. Like literally every stitch of clothing, every way that you shape, pluck, and perform you is drag. So like recognize and take power in the fact that you can fuss with people, you can fuss with other people, you can fuss with yourself in these amazing ways that create the you that you want to be. You can switch that up. You can dab it, flaunt it, curl it. Tweet, like you can do whatever you want to yourself because that's what you got. That's all you. Um, and the third thing, which doesn't get spoken out about, and it's it's not going to be the one that I think people might think that I might say, um, is 
being very, very intentional with your power. Now, this is not something that Rue says. This is how Rue lives. Now, if you think about how big that franchise has become, like mm. Rue has bank and is also probably one of the most is the loudest voice for people who are being attacked relentlessly, especially right now in the trans community, right? And in the gender non-binary community. But mm-hmm. drag itself has always been an act of rebellion. And so there's been this like resistance that you feel from Rue as drag race has gotten bigger to like, how do you keep the, the not surreptitiousness, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, the counter, well, the countercultural nature of drag mm, in the center mm. of drag as it becomes more popular and mainstreamed. How do you not let it just become clowns? How do you maintain the fact that drag is an art form and that is intended subversive. to provoke subversive? Thank you. Yes, yes. I love that my mind went to subterfuge. Like really? Um, <laughs> no. How do you avoid the subterfuge? And like more specifically, non-subversive. <laughs> people subverting your subversion and when you are doing said non-subvertive subvertive subterfuge uh rue rue is in all seriousness like rue has had to be in rooms where like rue is not welcome no one wants rue's voice there and yet rue keeps on bringing in viewers and money and partnerships and brands and so being intentional with your power and Rue's not perfect. We've, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Um, yeah. Rue's got some, has made missteps, I think, in trying to ride that line and in trying, and also yep. in overcoming their own views. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't mean to make this a RuPaul's uh, thing. No, I mean, I made it. I just it, love it with you. I made trust. it so. Yes. I, yes. It's sort of interesting to me that at least in those first two points, maybe not the third one, that Rue is sort of like a Jungian psychologist. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and I've noticed recently, like, a, there's a bunch of, I don't know if it's a resurgence, it's anecdotal, it's just, like, things that I've seen not, not like, I've taken an inventory of society and, like, oh, there's an emergence, a reemergence of Jungian ideas, but, like, I've seen a bunch of things that I think are uh, modernized, takes on Jungian ideas and, and sort of bringing the potency of those metaphors to people, which I think is cool, right? Like, I mean, so much of the stuff that's within Jungian psychology, like it, there are many people that have like overextended them in the wrong directions, but those things like being aware of like your inner saboteur and, and avoiding like the damage that that can do is like the shadow or, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, or like I've, I've seen, uh, someone that documentary that Jonah Hill did about his therapist he called it like form x or something but it's all the same idea but it's trying to like translate these metaphors to people in ways that like work for them and that they can understand and I I like that idea of like your inner saboteur um, but it, it also paint it paints RuPaul in a different light to me as someone who's not you know, watch the show. I, I've been, you know, I've seen some of the VH1 stuff in the 90s and things like that. But it, it's cool to think about, like, that there's, like, a philosophy embedded in what RuPaul oh, yes. is creating. Yeah. That said, it, 
I, I think part of the potency of it is that it's not intellectual. It's not scientific. It's just like, we've seen this, we've seen it again. And the next episode and the next episode and the all-stars episode and the Thailand episode, like it's all, it's like, it's again and again, these Mm -hmm. tried and true sort of lessons. And some of it is about, uh, you know, um, these framing devices like Aaron's talking about the inner saboteur is such a, a memorable one. But I think even just like these very practical sort of mm. lessons around success are really interesting mm. to me too. Like when you're like, ah, oh, no, queen, don't do that. Like you're yes. not prepared. Like we've seen, like, why are you, why are you doing this? Like mm-hmm. We all know mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you walk in and you're going to talk to a comedian who's there to help you with your lines. And you brought three oh. jokes. Stop. It's the difference. Stop. It's Kills wisdom, me. right? It, it that's what it's yes. like wisdom instead yes. of like where you said it's like not intellectual. Like sometimes wisdom isn't about being intellectual. It's about like the transference of like spiritual knowledge or life knowledge yeah. that is easier translated outside of that like intellectual capacity, right? It's like speaking to a different part of ourselves. It is yes, and I think that is part of ourselves, yeah. This is what is so inspiring about this show, though, is that whereas most TV is either so mindless or so mindful that you're like, Whoa, I got to take a breather after watching that. There's something really beautiful about how thoughtful some of these observations about humanity, about success, like about all of these themes are. And yet they don't. It, it, it's never work. It's always such a joy to be it's learning. The, the intellectual mid market. It's the like the San Francisco food scene, right? Like that that people wrote about a few years ago, where it's like New York is either like way too highbrow or like way too lowbrow, and there's like not a great middle. But like people loved San Francisco, and maybe historically because it had like a wonderful like mid tier. Like it's good. It has some things and maybe it's challenging, but it's not trying to be too this or that or anything like the the point you can just like, like stimulating enough to like keep you in, but not trying to be more than it is. Like, I like that idea of it just being like, hey, we're here. We're here to have fun and we're going to put thought into it, but we're not trying to be something we're not. One hundo. I also think that it's important that Rue... Rue has always been an entertainer. And at the time, like Rue broke out with a song with Cover Girl, you know, like, and that turned into, well, how do I turn this moment from being a downtown club kid that everybody knows in the scene to being on the national stage? The next thing is, okay, talk shows. Cause like the VH1 talk show is coming out at the time you've got Oprah starting to blow up. You've got, uh, you know, all of these different Sally, Jesse, Raphael, you name them, like yeah. Dime a Dozen. Sally, those s- red glasses. Those red glasses. I'm telling Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake. But that format, Rue always brought downtown subversion even to that format. And I think that what Rue always wanted to do, she was very inspired by um, uh, Borscht Belt comedians. And so there's this concept of like, yeah, you, like you get people laughing and when their mouths are open, you shove in the truth. And that's like what <laughs> I love the that. whole thing that Rue does is make it fun, make it laughable, but you better walk away with something. 
And especially mm-hmm. when you come through that talk show lane, it's like you got to walk away with something that works for a daytime audience that's going to make them better. And then when you look at all that, it seems so logical that like, man, of course, Drag Race is what Rue was like destined to create is mm-hmm. like the thing that inspired everything else that Rue went on to do. So I'm with you, Jess. I just, ooh, I'm watching it with you. All Stars 8 starts tonight. So I'm ready. On the day that we're recording, All Stars 8 is going to, and the two first episodes have already been dropped. They dropped last night. I haven't watched them yet. So MTV.com. That's the only time I'll ever, I guess, plug MTV that I know of. (laughs) (laughs) I have catching up to do. (laughs) Joey, what about you? Should I I quickly do what I'm watching? So I'm watching the NBA playoffs. Oh, you lost me. Sports Sports ball ball. Uh, See you later. (laughs) Uh, anxiety awesome. as Here we go. <laughs> my Celtics are in it against mm. now second round the Philadelphia 76ers 3-3 in a best team. of seven series game sevens on Sunday the tension is high mm. oh, you know mm. and, 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 and you want some people to do well even if they're not on your team because you follow the league more broadly but like when they're playing your team then you're having this these conflicted emotions of like I, I want you to have a good game just don't win <laughs> Uh, I was having that conversation with Emerson earlier. Um, I've been watching uh, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Mm. Gives me like mm. emotional cute aggression equivalents of like when they're like playing music or or playing songs and they're creating them, and I'm just like, this is so beautiful and emotional cute aggression, emotional cued. Aggression. No. Digression. Aggression. Like when you see something cute and you just want to squeeze it, but it's sort of like beautiful equivalent. Like that's so beautiful that my mm-hmm. all my muscles are tightening up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh. I'm, I'm getting that. It, you know, what's uh what's Daisy and the Six about again? It's it's basically Fleetwood Mac story. It was a book that was written sort of oh. like inspired by, I think, the Fleetwood Mac story but it, it is also like independent of that but there it's basically like that story of a band that has like like cross love dynamics and drama and and you know a, a train wreck but it's well done i'm not i don't know her name but the woman who plays daisy is elvis presley's granddaughter uh, and is a good singer, and then some of the other people are faces you would recognize, but I don't <laughs> know their names either. Hmm. Um, but it it's good. Um, but the thing that I've been watching for me, <laughs> again, in your like <laughs> private watching, is what i've I've equated to like my personal flavor of like trash tv i guess where i had that crisis recently where i'm like i watched two history channel shows this year <laughs> like did i just become a man of a certain age <laughs> like what like what happened <laughs> uh, i'm very familiar with with that yes <laughs> yeah the is the secret of skinwalker ranch which i had like watched some i think like off of one of the, like the UA the federal like government's UAP reports or hearings or something. I was like, oh, like what? Well, What's well, like a, a a UFO or UAP show I could watch right now? Like seeing something and so I 
stumbled onto this show and I love it because I was talking to Jess about this the other day. It is, it's not like, oh, that's aliens. And like, it never does that thing. It's like about these, this ranch where like a lot of stuff has happened. The federal government has historically invested stuff trying to investigate this place. Be like, what the, what the crap's happening here? Like, we don't Mm know. Uh, And so they bring in this, this like NASA scientist, like multiple PhDs, but he's like down home Alabama boy also. So Mm. he's already got this like interesting tension where like he speaks like a country boy, but then says like all of these smart things and is like doing experiments. But because it never is like, oh, that's aliens or what is it? Like it just keeps all these possibilities open. So they're doing real science and like entertaining the ideas without ever being like, oh, well, these are the the grays are here or something crazy like that. And it's just like it is Joey candy. (laughs) I was about to say, like, as you describe it, I'm like, that is what I would describe as like the perfect Joey show, like the perfect time spent, that blend of factors. And like, I will, um, it, it won't, it won't get you fully there, but it does remind me if you're in that zone, I think it'll be a third of it. Two games, um, Alan Wake and Control. So mm. Alan Wake is a super, it's an old game. It's on like PS2. Like it's a long time ago. I'm, I honestly can't describe it because then you start to give a lot of stuff away, but unexplained phenomena in a small town that's Mm. all we're going to give you and you play someone who is trying to figure out what's going on uh what i will say Mm. is that like it's been this has been maybe like 20 years on now this franchise there's an alan wake i think there's an alan wake 2 control is in the same universe that came out about five years ago and there's a new control coming out and they're remastering alan wake because it is still so relevant right now so Mm. I, I I hope that that is a bowl of even more Joey candy yeah. for you in the interactive arena. It won't yeah. have as much of, it won't have if really any of the real science uh, in it. That's, and that's a big, that's a big hole to be okay. leaving open. Like the, I mean, part of why I like this show too, though, is because like they're doing like actual experiments comes out in season four. Turns out this guy was the chief scientist for like the government, like DOD, uh like uap task force he was like the head scientist so like legitimate dude in a position and everyone's like upset they're like why didn't you tell us he's like literally i couldn't it's like super classified like i'm not allowed to tell you but they're like "Mm, hurt and like the head of securities (laughs) the head of securities name is dragon everyone just calls him dragon (laughs) they're like wow like hey hey dragon how you doing and i'm just like no one's talking about why we just call this guy named like Brandon or something like dragon. Like everyone just goes along with it. Like, all right, cool. Like it's just like a weird anthropological thing. And then they're just like shooting off like rockets and like digging holes with like cool technology. I'm like, this is fun. I don't know. That's what I'm watching. Where, how, where can I watch this? Cause this might have just taken SpongeBob off the list for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the seasons are in different places but like Hulu and Amazon have some. And then it got to a point where I, there's four season four is coming out now weekly, which is ah. hard for me, but I pre bought it on YouTube TV so I can watch it every week. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, 
I, it's so delightful and it follows like all the tropes of like a history channel show or whatever but somehow like the people are like really clever in the way that they're trying to like build these experiments and test things and like they're getting like people with some of like the crate like the most advanced cameras in the world or the guy with like the most advanced like ground penetrating radar and i'm like oh how does that how does that ground penetrating radar work cool cool i need to know <laughs> i need to know i suppose i love this i'm very intrigued and i'm excited thank you for sharing this yeah. this well, this has been this is what we're watching yeah. <laughs> yeah which is as a quick wrap only murders in the building spongebob micro doses on youtube shorts rupaul's mm-hmm. drag race and all possible iterations of it the nba playoffs daisy jones and the six and the secret of skinwalker ranch wow you we're so interesting and very diverse we're in just our like such an eclectic mix Look at together us. we just we're just like really capturing the state of viewing behavior and it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're just bringing our unique talent our charisma uniqueness nerve and <laughs> talent. right all yeah, it's all, a, of, all I, of them. I, good, I'm there. You you spiked that ball. You spiked the ball during the playoffs, Joey. That's what that is. It's not <laughs> mixing sports doing metaphors. Get the baskets. <laughs> spike the ball. Spike the basket. Spike the ball. Spike the ball. Critical nonsense is a Sylvain spaghetti bowl. Brought to you by the VHS and the Betamax that are in your closet. Because why would you still have those? But cool, we brought them to you. Yay. As always, we'd like to thank executive producer and human nerve, Jess Vander. You're welcome. <laughs> Brilliant. I would. We would also like to thank sound engineer and uh, the point guard to all of our hearts, Alex Contel. Uh, we'd like to thank our programming coordinator and sunbathing angel, Les Jacobs. We must also not forget Sarah Gilbert and Nora Mestridge, who essentially are the sponge to our bobs and make sure that <laughs> our bikinis are bottomed. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and as always, thanks, Alain. Thank you. Special Bye, thanks Alain. to <laughs> bottomless bikinis, I guess, which could be in two different things. It could be a bikini without a bottom or an unlimited supply of bikinis. Unlimited supply. <laughs> Wow, that's brilliant. Oh, that's a good giveaway for some business somewhere. Um, <laughs> bottomless bikini brunch? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, bottomless brunch <laughs> bikini? No, bottomless bikini brunch. Yeah. Well, that makes me... Bottomless do- bellinis for bottomless bikinis? Sure. That makes sense. I uh, Special thanks. I, know, I mean, we kind of already gave it to RuPaul's Drag Race, but still, like, Emmy winning... Still surging mm. at a time when, like, the subversion of drag and the conversation of drag is really under attack. And I encourage everybody to take action of some sort. Give some mm-hmm. money. Mm. Um, don't don't let this this BS keep going. This is this is disheartening. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe we'll talk about a whole episode about it next week. We'll see. Um, special thanks to funny videos on youtube like z frank's true facts animal videos check Mm. them out (laughs) yes 
ooh, ooh, and Huggabees, who makes all of the fake how it gets or how it's actually made. That's how you can find it on YouTube. Just watch a couple. You won't be mad. All right. Well, special thanks to you all. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Spaghetti bowl. <laughs>